0: Welcome to the Rural Revival Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Larson. Today, we're with Amanda Liebeck, chairman of the Walnut Community Center in Walnut, Iowa. Amanda shares how she and members of her community moved quickly to save their recently vacated school building and give it a new purpose and use, which now includes a fitness center, conference rooms, community kitchen, event spaces, two gyms, and even a bar. She talks about their foundation's unique partnership with the city that makes this all work as well as some of their projects and fundraisers. If you have a vacant school building or something similar in your town, I know this podcast is going to spark some ideas for you. Amanda recently shared a full video tour of the facility with our Cultivate community and it was amazing. If you are not part of our Cultivate group yet, now is your chance to join us. Cultivate is made up of small town entrepreneurs and leaders from around the country who are putting revival into action. Several times each month, we learn from incredible people like Amanda about new ideas we can bring to our rural communities, and this specific episode is a great example of some of the things we get to learn about inside the group. We only open this group to new members a few times a year, and in honor of this episode, we are now open to new members for a limited time. Go to ruralrevival.co slash cultivate or find the link in the show notes for all the details. And with that, here we go with Amanda Liebeck. All right. Well, we're here today with Amanda Liebeck from the Walnut Community Center in Walnut, Iowa. Amanda, thanks for being on the podcast. So glad to be here. Well, this all started when I was here a couple of months ago, and you all invited us here for the Governor's Empower Rural Iowa Task Force meeting, and I was so impressed. And everyone there that day was so impressed that I knew I had to have you all on the podcast because this is going to be kind of eye-opening for a lot of towns, I think, so... But let's start out. Tell us about you. Is Walnut your hometown?
1: Yes. I grew up in Walnut. I graduated one of the last graduating classes from Walnut in 2008. And then I got a degree in photography and business, and I actually moved home because I missed it so much. So I live here and I work at the local bank now.
0: Awesome. Did you always know you wanted to stay and live here or try to stay and live here?
1: Um, I think, I mean... Yes and no. Like you, you want to get out and see the world, but then you get out there and you're like, oh, let let's go home. Yeah, there's no place like home, right? Yeah.
0: Well, when did you start working with the Walnut Community Center? Have you been part of this since the beginning?
1: Almost. Um, So when our school district closed, we had like a year's transition time, like deciding if the city was going to take the building. And um, what they would do with it and stuff. I probably got in on like month six of that. Okay. Um, And then I've been doing it ever since. So, yeah.
0: So tell us how this all began because Walnut was its own
1: school district, right? Right. So Walnut was its own school district. um, Our last graduating class was in 2014, but we started the whole grade sharing process back in like 2005, give or take. Um, So once we fully consolidated with AHST, which is in Avoca, just six miles down the road, our building didn't get used anymore. Um, So the school district actually approached the city and said, hey, do you guys want this building? Um, What could you do with it? There were lots of ideas thrown around. There was town hall meetings um, and our city council agreed that they wanted to purchase the building. Um, and a group of citizens were put together to decide what would be the best use for the facility. Um, it, it was probably a year in before we were really had a clear picture of what would happen. Um, and we decided we needed a community center here in town. Um, we have really unique situation with our building. It's been added on to multiple times and we do have two gymnasiums Um, just there's a lot of perks to the facility that would be a huge loss to our community and the surrounding communities so we decided to move forward with like a fitness center party spaces um, and we keep kept both gyms for sports and other activities like that
0: yeah I feel like you guys have done a great job of maximizing the space so since our listeners can't see this, actually, can you sort of take them on a tour through the building? You did this in person for our Cultivate group, but on <laughs> video. But um, for those listening, can you kind of take them on a tour through the building and explain like what you've done with the space?
1: Right. So we have what we consider three different sections of the building. Um, the farthest north section was actually built in 1913, and it was our original schoolhouse. We actually just, last month, um, signed that over to a developer, and they'll be putting apartments in there. Um, It's kinda just your classic three-story brick schoolhouse from, I think every small town had one similar. Yeah. Um, And then the middle section, which is the community center, um, is an addition that was added in, or completed in 2000. Um, with classrooms and a new gym we also consider the old gym that was built in like 1929 I believe Um, that's part of the community center as well and then we have what is kind of the south which was the high school Um, we actually have some developers looking at that as well as well as possibly a daycare and some businesses wanting to go in there and we do have one room leased to a business currently um, so the portion that my foundation that I serve on um, really works with is the middle section, the community center. Um, so we have three classrooms that we've converted into conference rooms. Um, one pretty nice size one that holds about 80 people and two smaller ones. Um, we converted an old science lab into a commercial kitchen. Um, our old band and choir rooms have became a fitness center And we have free weights, weight machines, treadmills, all the cardio stuff. Um, And then we have the two gymnasiums. Um, Our older gym, we've kind of aimed more towards events. Um, We have a nice feature wall, painted a little different. It doesn't really feel like a gym when you're in it. Um, And then we have a lobby that's been redone right outside of that as well with the same feel. And we actually have a bar there. And then the new gym is... Still looks just like it did when we got it. It still looks like a high school gym, but it's utilized for sports practices. Um, we have an adult volleyball league that utilizes it, and then our fitness members use it a lot to walk and shoot hoops and stuff like that. Okay, so I want to start with the
0: cafeteria, and which now is like a concession stand, but you guys serve
1: like the old school yes. lunch meals. So ac- shortly after we um, formed our foundation and got the project rolling, a group from Avoca had an, an adult volleyball league and they started um, renting our facility to have their league. And the league was actually gifted to us because the guy running it just wanted to play. He didn't want the headache of doing everything. So we actually had then started opening our bar for them on Monday night, which turned into, man, it would be nice if there was a little food here. Um, so we have actually one of the cooks, um, from the high, she was one of the last cooks at the school. She's on our foundation too. So she kind of headed that and she, we do wiener winks was a huge thing in Walnut, which other people call them pigs in a blanket, but we're different, I guess. <laughs> Nobody knew, but if you weren't from Walnut, you didn't know what it was, but Um, we served like the, the same recipe for that and the chili and cinnamon rolls and other, just other recipes that were really popular in the school. And then we opened that up to the public on Monday nights when we have volleyball league and we were serving like 80 meals almost every Monday night through the winter. So it kind of became a gathering place for the town on Monday nights.
0: Yeah. I love that. And if you're not from like our part of Iowa, you might not get the chili and cinnamon rolls <laughs> thing. I hear that's special to us that we pair yes. those things together. But it's yes. awesome, guys.
1: It is the best. It is.
0: So then you step into the gym. And this is the new gym, right? Yes. But you guys were like, we want to make this an event space that doesn't necessarily look like gym. Yeah. So talk about what you did to kind of transform that and make that function that way.
1: The new gym we just took down most of the school memorabilia um, and we do have plans to paint the walls and stuff in there, but that's a huge project. So that's kind of our next big step. Um, Our older gym, it's a little smaller um, and it wasn't in the greatest shape. So we had to actually build a faux wall to cover up some issues with the wall. And we put a wood planking wall in and we painted it a very not school color. It's kind of a a taupey tan color. Um, and it just works really well with any color decoration we've seen in it so far for weddings and stuff. Um, and we found a way to, like, cover up our bleachers with a really nice curtain-type thing. And um, we installed a hoist so we can lift the lights up. And when it's all decorated, you don't know you're in a gym anymore. Yeah. It's pretty neat. But it can
0: still be used as a gym, yes, too, right? Yes, it's
1: still used as a gym when it's not rented for... for um, Events. We actually have pickleball set up in there right now. So
0: Yeah. And then I'm guessing is it your lunchroom area
1: where like the bar is set up and stuff? That was that's just um a a lobby. That was a oh, lobby. Perfect. Um that used to have lockers and stuff back it in there, I guess. That was a little before my time when they were in there. Yeah. But um our lunchroom was actually in a portion of the building that we knocked down. Oh um, there was the elementary portion of the building was not in the greatest shape and it Mm -hmm. would cost more to fix it up and make it usable than it did to take it down. And we had no plans for it. So we kind of had to give and take a little there. Yeah. So you did keep
0: your alumni hall, which is cool and it has all the class pictures still hanging.
1: Yes. 144 years of class pictures.
0: I love that. And then that leads to the gym, right? Yeah. And I I love the model that you guys set up for the gym because I'll just let you explain that, but how you partner with the city and give back to the city through that, I think is really great. Right.
1: So we actually the Community Center Foundation doesn't actually own this facility. The city of Walnut does. So we're we're a supporting organization. Um, the city takes care of the day-to-day operations of the building um, and the day-to-day expenses. Our organization raises money to improve the building and buy things that are needed, like our fitness equipment and things like that. So we actually, all of our fitness equipment has been purchased with either grant money or fundraised money and we're, we, we keep adding to it. It's, it's growing quite quickly Um, so then anybody can purchase a membership, but that membership fee goes back to covering the expenses of the facility.
0: Yeah. I love that. I think that's such a great way to maximize your resources and partner with the city, really. So you did take some of the classrooms and you turned them into conference rooms. You painted the walls, neutral colors, put in carpet. It looks amazing.
1: Yeah. So that was... That was actually the first thing we did. Um, The room we're actually sitting in right now was a, it was a preschool room. Um, So it was kind of a challenge. It had little, everything was little, um, (laughs) little sinks, little counters. Um, So this was, that was our first big project. And that's probably our most rented space. It's rented for anything from uh, birthday parties to graduation parties, bridal showers. We've had a few land auctions in here. Um, we just recently had the f- county 4h had um, babysitting class in here this past weekend so it's got a wide variety of uses we've even had a couple weddings an actual wedding and wedding receptions in here so who knew yeah
0: well, yeah that's awesome you still have some rooms available that aren't being used right
1: we, we do the um the south end of the building um, which was considered the high school is pretty much empty at this point it does house um our local food pantry and we have um a business called family inc that rents a room there but the entire up upper floor is still empty um we recently found out we have a developer interested in it and there is a group forming that is going to pursue a daycare a wow. nonprofit daycare in there so we went from having all the space in the world to not a lot in just mm-hmm. a few weeks. Um, but that's great. Cause that was our plan from, from day one. Um, so we're the daycare is in very early stages and so is the developer that's looking at it. So it'll be very interesting to see where that goes in the next couple of months. Absolutely. And I
0: love the old part of the building. I mean, those rooms, I just, when we toured, I'm like, these would be the most incredible lofts. So to hear that a developer is going to take that on is incredible.
1: We actually knew about that then, but it wasn't public knowledge. So it's really exciting. Yeah. Well, I
0: just am so impressed how you took what could have just been an empty building sitting here, not being taken care of. And you decided to turn it into something that serves your community in so many different ways.
1: Yes, that's definitely... um, One of my concerns was the building would just sit here and become an eyesore. Right. And it's, you know, we're right on the main street of our town. We are kind of a little tourist town, you know, known for our antiques. And we get lots and lots of visitors a year. And that was a big concern that we would just have a dilapidated building sitting on main street being an eyesore. Um, So I think going into the city taking the building from the school district. It was, you guys come up with something or it's going to be an empty lot sooner or later. So I'm really glad that the group of people that formed to form the foundation came together. Um, and we're really lucky because we just we have such a wide variety of talented people on our foundation that have been able to make this happen. I think 90% of the projects done in the facility we have done ourselves Um, I think we've hired one contractor, maybe two the whole time. So that's great. We do put lots and lots of man hours into this, but it's kind of, it's kind of become our baby. So
0: one thing I was impressed with was I was like, did you guys paint all these walls by yourself? That's a
1: lot of painting. It is so much painting. (laughs) They, um, they learned very early on. Amanda is not the best painter, so (laughs) I usually get assigned other jobs when we paint, which is just fine. But yeah, we've, I wouldn't want to know the amount of gallons of paint we've put on these walls in the last four years. Yeah. Well, I love how you chose a neutral color.
0: And it doesn't look like a school, you know, when you walk in. No, it
1: definitely, um, the red and black color scheme from the school is almost completely gone from the building. And you really, don't feel like you're in a school anywhere, I don't yeah. I don't think, anyhow, so... Yeah,
0: well, I'm sure the school having to close was really hard for your community, but now you've made this into something really incredible, so how has the community responded?
1: The community response has gotten better recently. At first, it was kind of like half of the people were really supportive, and half of them are like, this is a waste of our tax money, this is not going to succeed Um, and the farther we get into the project the more the community supports and backs the project but i I feel like that it's going to be anywhere you try to do something out of the box and different and you know we didn't we had no idea where we were going when we started this project we had nowhere else to look and say hey how did you do that so it's it's definitely been a learning experience but the more the farther we go and the more we do the more support from walnut we're getting, but as well as um, the other towns in our school district are now starting to utilize the facility. And then we also have support from as far as Omaha and Des Moines with our location being right on the interstate between the two the two metropolitan areas. We we've gotten some business meetings and things like that scheduled here as well. So exciting. Is it beyond what you guys ever expected? Um we kind of had a, like, oh, my gosh, this really is happening moment. Just a couple weeks ago, we had four graduation parties and a wedding reception in three days. And, like, that was something we always dreamed of. Like, someday it's going to be so busy that we're not going to have enough tables and chairs. And we went to set up for the wedding reception. And we're like, oh, no, guys, we don't have enough tables and chairs. So, you know, it, it's it's pretty awesome to see it coming to what we dreamed it could be someday. Yeah. We definitely have a long road to go. Still, we have a lot of big projects we want to do,
0: but. So for someone wanting to set up a community foundation in their town, tell us about the process and how you guys work as a foundation. Like how many people is it? How often do you meet? What roles do you play? That kind of stuff. So
1: we actually formed our group and then decided we needed to become a nonprofit, so we had a group of people that had been meeting for probably, probably close to a year before we decided. You know, we need to be legit. We need to be able to apply for grants and stuff. So we actually just decided to go with a semi-local lawyer, and they helped us draw up the paperwork to file with the state. Um, and then we just kind of went from there. We have nine members of our foundation, five of those being board members. Um, We have a president, a vice president, a secretary, and a treasurer, and then the rest are just voting members. So we have monthly meetings, um, and sometimes we do have special meetings if something comes up, um, or sometimes our agendas are three and four pages long, and we're just like, okay, we're done for tonight. The role of the foundation is to be a supporting entity to the city of Walnut. Since the city owns the facility, any major changes um, or crazy ideas, we've had a a few of those, have to go through the city and be approved by the council before we can do them. Um, Like I said earlier, the city handles the day-to-day expenses and we handle more of the updating the facility, purchasing things that are needed. Um, We do also kick in, though, like we had our... Very expensive hot water repair. Um, We do try to help with those things when they pop up just because it is pretty expensive to run the facility. But So the foundation does a lot of fundraising as well as grant writing. Um, One of our bigger fundraisers is our Monday Night Volleyball League. Um, We do hold a liquor license, and we do the bar for wedding receptions. um, Some other parties we've had as well. Um, we have an alumni dance every summer. That's a that's a big draw. Um, and we have a local band play. Um, we actually took over running the antique show here in Walnut. So that's a huge fundraiser for us. And we have lots and lots of ideas to spend that money on when we get it. So that'll be good. Oh, and every December we hold a breakfast with Santa, which is kind of like our giving back event to the community for all their support throughout the year. And we have pancakes and we have... Santa and Mrs. Gloss come visit, and we have activities for the kids. We've actually um, hold a fair amount of auctions in our facility as well, so we run concession stands for those. We actually kind of follow that company around and work a lot of their lunches for them, which has been a great fundraiser for us as well. So all of you
0: who are on the board and part of the foundation leadership team, if you
1: will, you're all volunteers, right? Right. Everybody, um, everybody on the board is completely volunteer basis. Some people on the board have turned it into full-time jobs. I think, you know, all of us work, but we also, this is basically a second full-time job for most of us. Um, we are really, really lucky that the city hired a janitor for the facility. That was a huge relief to all of us. Um, and then the city maintenance guys do maintain the building. So that helps with that a lot. Yeah. Well, I know that
0: it's a sacrifice, but it's also so important for your community that you do it. So why is it important to you to give back to your community like this?
1: You know, Walnut's always been a really close-knit community. And growing up here, the, the school was the heart of the community. So to see the school not be here anymore kind of left a big hole in walnut and the community center has kind of been a way to bring people back together it started out as a hey do you want to be on this committee to see what we're going to do with the old school building and it turned into being on the foundation turned into being on the board it just I guess I don't know what I would do with all my free time either if I wasn't here pretty good way to spend it yeah it is yeah and you must have a great group of people that you like being with we do we all we all get along well I mean we butt heads but I think every group does but it's it's just such a great group of people and like I said we're very diverse we have um just such a diverse group that everybody's got their own kind of little thing that they do and it just makes things go smoothly so it's it's been great
0: yeah so you mentioned your next big thing is the
1: antique walk. Yes. Tell us about that. So we are actually take, took over running the Walnut Antique show this this coming Father's Day weekend, next weekend. Ah. Um we'll be the 39th annual Walnut Antique show, and this is our first year running it. Um our Anvet started it back in 1982 and it's grown into a huge event. Um We have 300 plus antique vendors from all over the United States and um, they set up on the streets and the gyms here and the Legion Hall downtown and it draws 30 to 40,000 people to Walnut in three days so that's kind of crazy.
0: Well it's as someone who has come to that a lot of years it's really impressive to see a small town like that just kind of transform but Let me just tell you, the food's amazing. There's so many different vendors with different stuff, and you definitely want to get here early before all the good stuff is swiped up.
1: Yes, yes. I always say that if you want the pick of the litter, you got to be here Friday morning. If you want the deals, come Sunday afternoon. That's what I always tell people. There you go. That's good advice. Yes.
0: From a local. All right. Well, how do we follow along with the community center to see what you have going on here? And how do we find out more about the Antique Walk? So
1: we're on Facebook. um, We're Walnut Community Center, and we have a website, walnutcommunitycenter.org. And for the Antique Walk, we are Walnut Iowa's Antique Show on Facebook. And we have a website for that as well. Well, I will definitely... We will link to that in the show notes so you
0: can check out more. And that is coming up soon. But it's a very fun experience if you're looking for something to be outside.
1: It sounds like the weather should be pretty decent for it next weekend too. So fingers crossed.
0: And Amanda will be running around here not getting
1: any sleep. No, no, I don't think there's any sleep involved in that weekend. That's right.
0: All right. Well, Amanda, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Great work here. Thank you. We really
1: appreciate it.
0: Well, I can't say enough good things about Amanda and the members of this foundation and what they've done with the Walnut Community Center. And what's so impressive is that they've done all of this in under four years. Incredible work, guys. We can't wait to see what you do next. If you loved the info in this episode and want access to information like this several times a month, this is your chance to join our Cultivate community. Inside the group, you will find lots of great interviews like this one and have the ability to ask questions to our speakers. Plus, you'll get valuable tools and strategies, inside access to successful rural entrepreneurs and leaders who are making a difference, and access to all of our previously recorded sessions. This is a fun, supportive community where we love cheering each other on as we bring revival to our small towns. Join us at ruralrevival.co slash cultivate or find the link in the show notes for all the details. Huge thanks to Amanda for being on the podcast and thanks to you for tuning in. Have a great day, everybody.